Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Today I will try to finish the message that I left on last Sunday. I did not finish because of the time issue. And we were talking about touching heaven and changing earth, which means prayer life. We're talking about a prayer of persistence last Sunday. And I would like to review a little bit before I continue the message, which will be the short message today. In James chapter 5, verses 13 to 18, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Father, we thank you so much for giving us the Word of God. Your Word gives us life. Your Word is more sweeter than honey. And we are hungry for your Word, Lord. We believe, Lord, today the Holy Spirit will teach us. You are the teacher. You are, Lord, the revealer of the truth of heaven. So today, we want to honor your Word. We don't want to be like a swine that don't value the pearl and the, we throw the pearl away. Your word is so valuable and we want to receive it with honor, with faith, and we want to put it into practice. We don't want to be just hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. And we believe, Father, your Holy Spirit will help us to practice what we learn. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. The Bible says that when we face troubles and hardships, we should pray. Many times as human beings or as Christians, when we face hardships, what we do, we call our friend, we call the pastors, and we begin to complain about the situation. And what you get? You get the opinion of man. Sometimes you just keep talking about the problem, but never get out of the problem. The Bible says that when you get into trouble, when you face hardships, you need to pray yourself. A lot of times you send in or turn in the prayer request. It's nothing wrong about having brother and sister pray for you. It's good because somebody may have more anointing, more faith, and know how to pray more than you because there are older believers that have more experiences. But at the same time, we should not be lazy. We should not push the responsibility to other people. Every Christian should learn how to pray effectively. 
Every believer should be a prayer warrior. It should not be just the intercessory prayer group that know how to pray. It's not just only the pastor and minister know how to pray. Every believer should take serious about learning how to pray effectively for yourself, for other people, for your family. Learn how to intercede. That's why we have the CD series called Touching Heaven, Changing Earth, that we all can go back home and listen to the teaching MP3 in the car, in the bedroom, or when you are eating lunch. I never eat lunch and sitting there and have a daydream. I eat lunch, I drive the car, and I listen to the teaching. I feed myself every single day with the Word of God. One of the reasons many Christians are weak and discouraged and very exhausted because they don't feed themselves with the spiritual food enough. They may read the Bible a little bit, 15 minutes a day. But you need to be very wise in spending time. You don't just eat and have a daydream. You eat and listen to the sermon. During cooking, you cook for your husband, you turn on the MP3 and listen and feed yourself with the Word of God. And I can guarantee you're going to be a strong Christian. You can smile every day. You have more faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. We need to learn. We need to be diligent learners to learn the Word and put into practice. So don't push responsibility to other people to pray for you all the time. But learn how to pray yourself when you face the problems and hardships. The Bible also says that when you are happy, when you see a lot of blessing in your life, you should sing, you should praise God. Everyone can sing, but not everyone should come to the microphone and sing. Not everyone should record. Please don't record my singing. I'm not a good singer, but I can sing. Amen? The Bible says also that if people are sick, they should call the elders of the church to come, lay hand or pray over them and anoint them with oil. The Greek language of the word sick here is not just having a cold and just have a little bit of backache. The word sick here means that you are so sick to the point that you are so exhausted without strength, to the point that you cannot go to care group, you cannot go to church any longer, you're just so sick, you cannot drive, you cannot get out of the bed. Talking about this, I have an experience one time, so I understand this scripture very well. One time I went to a meeting, a revival meeting in Oklahoma, and we're going to go back to the church to go to the second meeting the afternoon meeting or evening meeting or something like that. So we ate fast food, and then the big rain came down into the city. I and Pastor Da have to run across many blocks to go back to the church. We don't have a car. We just rent a hotel around there. So we ran. Pastor Da was wiser than me. She went very slowly, but I ran very fast. Even though I'm a doctor, but I forgot about physiology. All the blood is in my stomach already because I was so full. And then the blood went down to my legs because I was running. What happened? The blood did not go to my brain. When I arrived, the front door of the church building and the building was locked. They would not let people go in until one hour before the service. When I went there, a lot of people already stand in front of the door, the church front door. A lot of people, maybe 100 people, waiting to get in fast so that they can get the front seat. 
to be in the revival service in Oklahoma. And by that time, I was standing there. I began to faint because I have no blood in my brain, and I was so embarrassed. Some people call me Doctor Lau, and I was so embarrassed. I'm a doctor, and I was on the floor in front of the church. And at that time, I did not even have strength. I did not have anything to pray for myself. I was so sick because no blood in my brain. I was like fainting. And unfortunately, even the usher of the church, they looked through the door and saw my lie on the floor, and they didn't even open the door to get me in. And I was thinking. Thank God for this church. They don't even care that I was sick. They didn't open the door. They say the rule said don't open the door until one hour. So at church in this church, please have mercy on people. Don't be that strict. I was lying there, and our friends start to pray for me to recover. Thank God, eventually I recover. I didn't die. I did not have to go to the hospital. So when the Bible says sick, it means you are so sick that you could not go to church. If you just have a little bit of cold, don't call Pastor Lau, Pastor Caesar, Pastor Arash, and all the elder. Could you please come for me and pray and anoint me with oil in my house? No, 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 no. You go to church. You go to care group and get prayed for. Amen. As long as you have strength to go, you should go. But sometimes we are so weak and sick that we cannot go to church. The Bible says that confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another. Let me read from Amplified Bible. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offense, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. The Bible said that we can pray for one another. We should confess our weakness and sin to one another, and the Lord will heal us, our physical body, heal our spiritual life, our mental things. The Bible clearly say that a lot of sicknesses come from sins. Don't blame God if you don't have enough sleep every day. Don't blame God that you get a lung cancer if you smoke every single day, because you sin against God yourself. Don't blame God. You know that smoking, cigarette, and nicotine cause 21 diseases in the body. Cigarette alone cause stroke in the brain, stroke in the heart, kidney disease, high blood pressure, vascular peripheral vascular disease mean the vessel get clogged up so. The blood cannot go to your leg, and you may lose your leg. It causes lung cancer, kidney cancer. So, if you keep smoking, don't blame God. If you get drunk and go drive and get into a car accident and you break your neck, don't blame God. The best way to live a healthy life is to make sure that we don't sin against God in any way. If you don't walk by faith, you worry all the time. You keep losing sleep, then you get sick. Don't blame God. That's why it's so important to grow up and to stop sinning, to confess your sin, and live a holy life. And then you can protect your physical life, physical body. If you eat too much, yesterday I went to a Thai restaurant, and the food is so good. 
But I have to stop when I look at the food. I say I need to control myself. If I eat too much, I'm gonna get too much cholesterol in my body, and I can die sooner. So I have to stop eating and pack home because I need to limit myself not to eat too much. You see, it's all about self-control. It's about living. In holiness or in sin, you need to all understand about this physical life that is not just about spiritual thing, but the physical how you live on earth really impact your physical body as well. Prayer is so powerful because prayer can change the situation on the earth. Here, Elijah was a man like you and me, with passion and feeling and hungry. He has to eat. He has to sleep like you and me. Yes, he has the anointing of being a prophet. But he can have the hurt feeling when people offend him. When people talk bad about him, he can get hurt. Even though Elijah was a normal man like you and me, and I'm a normal man too. I'm not supernatural than you. We all human being. But the Bible said that when this normal man pray to God earnestly, sincerely, in faith, God in heaven changed the cycle of the nature. The rain stopped for three and a half years, and the rain came back when he prayed again. So, in the same way, as a Christian, when you see problem in your life, whether economy problem, government problem, some issue that come out from the government that you may not like, or maybe see your family problem, some bad habit of your family members. Or your company going downhill, or maybe you are in the verge of being laid off because the economy goes bad. They want to lay off people. You see all these physical problem on earth here. What do you do? Complain, gripe, being fussy, being irritable? No. Walk in faith, trusting that God of the universe, the God of heavens and earth, still in control. And he can perform miracle to change the economy, to change the situation in your workplace. He can move the heart of people. He can change the government. He can do a lot of things that man cannot do. So what you should do is to pray in faith. Don't fuss. Don't gripe. Don't complain because being depressed, griping, complaining is a sign of lacking faith. If you have faith, you should smile. If you are sick and you still have symptom on your body, instead of complaining, you just smile and say, "God, by His stripe He healed me. I have faith that God will heal me. God has healed me, but the manifestation of healing will come soon and very soon. So you just stand in faith. If you need a job, instead of complaining, you just pray and believe God for His provision and believe that the job will come." Money will come, and you can pay your bills. Amen. Everyone say pray. Changes the situation on earth here. You need to pray in faith, though. Amen. And you get excited when you pray. You know that the victory is coming because God received your prayer, and when you move in faith, God gonna do something for you. The Bible say that for men, some situation look impossible. Like incurable disease or terminal stage cancer, whatever situation that look impossible for men, the Bible say all things are possible with God. 
And the Bible also continues to say that all things are possible for they that believe. So you need to believe, believe that God can do all things that look impossible in the eyes of man. Amen? Hallelujah. We also learn from the previous lesson that we should not pray to a statue. We should not pray to a picture. We should not pray to a saint. We should not pray to a Mary. We only pray to the Father. Not pray to man. Pray to the Father. Not pray to the Holy Spirit either. Not pray to Jesus. You can fellowship with Jesus. You say, Jesus, I love you. That's fellowship. But when you want to ask, when you want to petition, you petition to the Father in the name of Jesus and believe that the Holy Spirit is the one who will move on earth to perform miracles for you. You see, pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, our mediator. And then we believe the Holy Spirit will work on earth to get the job done for us. Amen? Jesus is the best example of praying. He said that when we pray, the most important thing is to forgive our enemies. When you stand in prayer, you need to forgive those who offend you. Because God is love, and you want love to hear your prayer, you need to walk in love. Amen? If you still have grudges against people, get mad at people, your prayers may not be effective. And not only that, you need to pray in faith. The Bible says in First Peter chapter 3 that, Husband, respect and honor your wife. Love your wife and honor her so that your prayers will not be hindered. I make that decision. I'm going to honor my wife no matter what. I will honor her, love her, so that God will be on my side. And she deserves it anyway. Pastor Da is a wonderful wife. She deserves all the honor for me. But even though your wife is in your eyes, maybe you misunderstand her and you get mad at her, still, you need to honor her. Then your prayer will not be hindered. Last Sunday, we learned from Luke chapter 18. I'm reviewing right now. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. I read one more time. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Everyone say, always pray. You don't just set up the time in the morning for half an hour to talk to God. You pray all day long. You talk to God all day long and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming. Everyone say, kept coming. Always pray and never give up. Kept coming to him with the plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me. Everyone say, keep praying. Don't stop, don't quit, keep praying. I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cried out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that the, they get justice 
and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Jesus said that when he comes back, he want to find faith in the heart of his people. So the principle in these scriptures: number one, always pray. Don't give up. Persistent prayer. Two, pray by faith or in faith. You need to consistently pray in faith for the situation that you want to see happen. I got saved in around 1980 or 81, around that time. When I first went back home to tell my dad and my mom about my conversion, my dad was very angry. My mom laughed at me, and for years and years, they did not like that I went to church and I read the Bible. But I kept praying, kept praying, and praying for my mom and my dad to be saved. And in about a year, my dad got saved. He gave his life to Jesus. God answered my prayer because I never gave up praying for my father. But my mom is a tough case. She did not even believe in any religion. She did not even practice Buddhism that much. She never even bow to Buddha stature. She just believed in herself. We pray and pray. I pray. Every time I talk about God, she will argue with me and talk bad about Christianity. So I and Pastor Dan never gave up praying for my mom. One day, she went to the hospital. I was in the airplane going to Bangkok. And I say to God, God, I don't know how long my mom is going to live. Sound like she was very sick. And Lord, could you please really save her? before she goes out of this world. I pray and pray in the airplane, nonstop, keep praying and praying, you know, from here to Thailand, it's about 17 hours to get there. So I kept praying, and eventually, almost at the time I arrived, Asia, God told me, when you get out of the airplane at midnight, you go to the hospital right away. I'm going to do something for you, because you keep praying, you keep bucking me. After that, out of the airplane, this is not a normal practice because the hospital closed after a certain hour. They don't allow people to come visit the patient. This is a governmental hospital. I arrived at the hospital around 1.30 a.m., knocked the door of the hospital. The nurse come, and I called right away. I'm a neurosurgeon from America. So that they were open for me. <laughs> I need to use this way. Otherwise, they will not open the door. I say, I'm a... A neurosurgeon from the U.S., I came to visit my mom. They opened the door because in Thailand, doctors are very high prestige, so they don't want to hurt my feeling. I went in right away, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You don't need to preach to her. You just say it like this. Mom, can I pray for you that God will reveal himself to you? That's what the Holy Spirit told me to say. She said, I don't know Jesus. I never read the Bible. I'm too old to read the Bible. I don't know what you're talking about, Jesus and God. I said, calm down, calm down. Can I pray for you? She said, okay. I lay hand on her in the hospital bed. I pray that God will show his love and show himself to her. After I prayed, I opened my eyes. I saw she cry. And she said that Jesus was standing in front of my bed. And now I know who Jesus is. And she prayed to accept Christ that minute. And then I had to go out of town. When I came back about five days later, 
I went to visit her again, and she said that I saw Jesus two more times in the hospital. While I was in the X-ray machine, Jesus came and touched me. When I was in the room, Jesus showed up again. She got saved supernaturally. She never read the Bible, but Jesus had to use His own way by showing Himself to her because she has no strength to read the Bible anymore. She came to the U.S. to stay with Kasadan me for six months. We took her to church. At that time, our church is in Seattle, and God is so good. One day she came to the evening. I think Sunday evening service. At that time, we still have Sunday evening service. We rolled the wheelchair. She could not walk anymore. She kind of weak. Somebody roll her wheelchair into the woman restroom. I cannot roll her into the woman restroom. I'm gonna be in trouble. Okay, roll in there, and she came out. She spoke in tongues. The Holy Spirit fell on her in the restroom. It's not in the meeting, in the church meeting. The Holy Spirit fell on her. She spoke in tongue in the restroom. She never learned about speaking in tongue. I never taught her about speaking in tongue. She went back home that night. She laughed in the Holy Ghost. She was laughing and laughing in the Holy Ghost all night. Can you imagine? God, when He gave you, I pray for salvation. He gave you more than salvation. He gave my mom baptism with the Holy Spirit. He gave my mom the fire of God. After that, she never missed church even one Sunday. She went back home. My mom and my dad did not get along for years. They both had problems. Okay, not only one side of the story. They both had problems because they did not know Jesus when they were young. She went back home. Actually, before she went back home, before she flew back, she said, "Mom, mom is my nickname. I forgive your dad now." And she went back home. She reconciled to my dad. She smiled and happy to be with my dad before she went to be with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. The week she died, one of our sisters here now she is a one of the youth leader. She was maybe 12 years old kid at that time. Saw a dream that my mom looked very young, healthy, dancing and and sinking in heaven before the Lord Jesus Christ. So God answered the prayer. If you never gave up to pray for your loved ones, to pray for people that you care, Amen. You remember the story last time I share in the book of Luke 13, verses 1 to 8. I will read for you one more time. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate has mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered to them and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffer such things? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think they were worse sinners than other men who dwelt in Jerusalem. I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Then verse 6, he also spoke this parable. Okay, the story, the first part, 1 to 5, verses 1 to 5, talking about people like us. Some people were at the wrong place at the wrong time. They were killed in the accident. 
They were killed because a tower fell on them, or they were killed in the two towers in New York. Some people were killed in the accident, and Jesus said that they were not worse sinner than other people. And then Jesus tried to explain why some people were at the wrong place at the wrong time, and why some people were not killed and skipped the accident. Verses six to eight explain. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, "Look for three years. I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down." You remember Jesus say, "If you don't repent, you keep sinning. Eventually, you're gonna face repercussion of your sin. You're gonna perish." You need to repent as soon as possible. So this fig tree were not producing fruit. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, the keeper of the vineyard, say, "Sir, let it alone this year also. Give some more time. Please have mercy. Give some more time until I dig around it and fertilize it." The keeper of the vineyard say, "I'm gonna start to do intercessory prayer. I beg you, give some time. Don't cut it down yet. You say those people who died in the accident might be worse sinner than those who don't. Actually, Jesus say no. What is behind the scene? You don't see behind the scene. Behind the scene, some mummy, some daddy." Some grandmas, some church pastor, some church leaders were praying for those who saved from the accident. Prayer is very powerful. Amen. Somebody just contacted me that the husband of her auntie, dumb the auntie, kick her out, and the email come to me and said, "Could you please pray that thing gonna turn around, and I gonna pray too." So we all pray. I pray. I kneel down right away and pray that this man will repent, turn around to bring the wife back. Two days later, the news come back. He repented. He called her and said, "Come back home. I'm sorry." The prayer is effective. Somebody pray or intercede for somebody nonstop, without ceasing, without stopping. We need to understand that we need to pray for our kids. Some of the kids backslide, walk away from God already. You need to pray for them. Don't give up. Some of them may just come to church, but when they sit in the church, their mind is in the computer, the game, computer game. They're thinking about football game, baseball game. Their hearts are not with Jesus. This is the reason why I love revival service. I tell you the truth. One of the reasons I love revival service, I want to share the heart of the pastor to you. I love to see the fire of God touch people, because I know that when the fire of God touch people, they will be on fire. They will fall in love with Jesus. I want to see people come to church because they love Jesus so much, not because they are forced by their parents to come to church. And when we pray for our children, God, I know my kids walk away. I know my kids have not served you. They don't have anything to do with you. They are forced to come to church. Give them some time, Lord. Don't cut them down yet. 
Don't bring them calamity yet. Give them some time. Please save them. I believe God will answer your prayer. They will come along, and eventually they will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you a story of a man in the Bible who is the great intercessor. His name is Moses. Exodus chapter 32, verses 7 to 8. And the Lord said to Moses, Go, get down for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. When you read this sentence, you may not think too much, but actually it means God is very furious. Actually, this is not Moses' people. Moses did not bring them out of Egypt. These are God's people. And God was the one who brought them out of Egypt. But because God was so angry with these people, he said, your people, not my people anymore. I denounced them. I don't want to do anything with them. This, God was so mad at them. And you are the one who brought them out of Egypt. Okay, I'm not responsible for these people anymore. I pull my hands off. Your people. You are the one who <laughs> brought them out of Egypt. I'm going to pull my hand off. I don't want to bless them anymore. God was upset at that time. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worship it and sacrifice to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. You need to understand the story. Moses went up to a mountain and God gave him the Ten Commandments. So he brought the tablets of commandment and read to the congregation of the children of Israel. And at that time, the children of Israel say, Amen. We're going to do what you say. We're going to follow the Ten Commandments. Amen, amen, amen. But Moses delayed his time of coming down to see them. He stayed up there for 40 days. One month plus. He delayed the time of coming down. While he was on the mountain, the children of Israel began to talk to each other. What should we do? Our leader is not here. Let's make a golden calf. Let's make an idol. And we're going to sacrifice to it. We're going to bring offering to the idol. And we're going to proclaim that this is my God. And this God brought us out of Egypt. You think God was furious? Definitely. God was very upset with them because they just promised God one month plus ago that we're going to worship only one God. We're not going to worship an idol. But only 40 days later, what happened? They turned around. They were stubborn. They were hard-headed. The Bible says that Get down your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt. God was very upset with them. You know, a lot of people do the same thing today. God did some good thing to them, and they give glory to something else. Have you heard about the story of people get stuck on the roof, on the flood? God, help me to get out of this flood. And then a boat came by to pick the man up from the roof. And the guy said, oh, I'm so lucky the boat came by. Actually, God sent the boat to pick him up, but he did not give glory to God. Maybe you're looking for a job, and God gave you a job. And you say, I'm so lucky. 
Look at how handsome I am. How good interview I make that day. I present a good interview. Then they give me the job. You don't give glory to God. You give glory to yourself. Is that what happened to the children of Israel? They give glory to themselves. They give glory to the idol. They did not give glory to God. Don't do that way, okay? Verses 9 and 10. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them, that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. Wow. God was very upset. They were stubborn. They were hard-headed. They were unteachable. God told them something. They act like they never heard. God told them something. They just ignore and did whatever they want anyway. And God was very upset. I hope New Hope International Church members are not this kind of people. God tried to warn you something. No, 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 I know better. I do my own way. God tried to speak to the pastor. Don't do this. Please do this. No, 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 no. I know what I'm doing. If you are stubborn, eventually God is going to back off and say, okay, you do whatever you want, and you get into trouble. It's your own problem. I try to warn you. I try to talk to you, but you're hard-headed. You're stubborn. You don't listen to me. You get into trouble, and don't blame me. Don't blame the pastor. You already got warned by the pastor. You already got warned by the elders, but you are stubborn. Don't do that, please. Be gentle, be simple, be like a kid. Listen to God and respond to the warning, to the word of God and do what God says. Amen? Don't be like the children of Israel. In verse 10, this is three important words that God say. Let me alone. Leave me alone. Do you know why God say, leave me alone? Oh, first of all, before I go into that three words, I want to say one thing. True prophets, true leaders of God's people, true pastors, true apostles, true prophets, and shepherds of the flock of God, like Moses, a man and a woman of God, will not hate people, will not write people off, but they are prayer warriors. When they see problem with the members, they will not write them off. They will pray. They will cry now to God and pray for the members. I want to be that kind of shepherds. I want to be that kind of pastors that I will pray for you and don't condemn you, don't judge you, but pray for you and God will answer my prayer. I want to be a man of God like Moses. If you were Moses, some of you, you may be very mad at the children of Israel. And you will say, hey, I agree. No more nation of Israel. Wipe them off. Kill all of them. They deserve it. Send fire. These members are so stubborn. They did not listen to the sermon. They're so stubborn. Burn them, Father, and start a new Nation called the nation of Moses, not the nation of Israel anymore. Did Moses do that? God knew the heart of Moses. God knew that 
Moses was not a dumb man. Moses realized that these people got into trouble now. God was mad. They're going to be in trouble now. And in the heart of Moses, he has two choices. Wipe them out. Start with me. Okay? I'm great. But he was not that kind of leader. He was ready to pray. He was ready to say, God, have mercy. Don't be mad at them. Please give them some more time. God knew that Moses is going to say that. And God said, leave me alone. In other words, don't intercede for them. Let me take care. In fact, if you understand God, okay, two things that we learned from the word, leave me alone in here. Number one, a lot of people have an untrue or false picture of God. That our God has a concrete mindset. He's going to do whatever he wants anyway, and he will never change his mind if somebody cries out to him and beg him and intercede for a situation. The reason he said, leave me alone, because God tried to tell Moses, if you pray, I'm going to change my mind. So don't pray, please. Leave me alone. Because if you pray, I'm going to change my mind. So our God is not the kind of rigid God. He can forgive. He can turn things around. He can take you out of the problem if you cried out to him. He's not a rigid, concrete, mindset God. Number one. Number two, in fact, think about this. If God really wants to get rid of these people, he did not have to tell Moses at all. He did not even need to give him the clue that he's going to do something. He just, boom. And Moses did not even have time to pray. All gone. He sent fire, burned all of them, and only Moses and his wife and his kids stand there and start a new nation. Could God do that? Could God have done that? Yes. God could have just wiped them out in one second without telling Moses. Why did God tell Moses, leave me alone? Actually, it's a hint. If you don't leave me alone, I will save them. Amen? That's why in Isaiah 59 verse 16, the Bible says, He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness, it sustained him. In other words, God is looking for somebody who is willing to have a persistent prayer life, standing in the gap between the lost, the people who are going to get into trouble, and God, and pray for them that they will not get into trouble. Look at how Moses responds to God. In verse 11 and 12, he said, Moses said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people? Now he said, your people, not my people, your people. You have brought out of the land of Egypt. You, not me, you brought out, out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth. Moses' statement here was very strong. First of all, I believe that Moses really have a good relationship with God. He was there. He was daring to tell God, that, God, could you please change your mind? This is not good. 
that you're going to take these people out from Egypt and then burn them out in the desert like this. Please change your mind. Are you cl- close to God enough to talk to God this way? God, hey, 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 this is not right. I think you should repent. <laughs> Something like that. I think you should change your mind. You should not do this. So you should not kill them. You should have mercy on them. Moses was bold to speak to the Lord because he was a man of God and he loved God's people so much. What we learn from this story is, listen carefully, I come to the point. When we talk about prayer and intercession, we talk about we call spiritual legality. God gave Adam and Eve the dominion to control the world. But Adam and Eve gave that dominion to Satan. Even God created the world, but God gave dominion to us. So in order for God to intervene the business in this world, he needs to have somebody to give him the legal right to do it. Everyone say, legal right. If a man or a woman of God who has a covenant with God, talk to God and pray to God, God, could you please do something for my mom that she will be saved? At that moment when you pray in faith, you give God the legal right to move from heaven to do something for your mom right away. So every time you pray, you are giving God the legal right to do a miracle on earth here. That's why the Bible says, you don't have because you don't ask. God is not going to do something if you don't ask Him because you don't give Him the legal right to do anything for you. Amen? I learned this lesson too. If a pastor come to me, i give you an example. A pastor of the church come to me and say that, oh, I want to know you, become your friend, blah, 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 blah. But if that pastor never asked me, could you please come and preach in my church as a guest speaker? I will never invite myself. I will never even get into the business of that church. I will keep my mouth shut and don't say anything about that church. It is his business. I don't have the legal right to criticize, to judge, to get involved in that church. I have the legal right in this church, but not in another church. Unless that pastor come to me and say, Pastor Lau, I respect you. I know you are the man of God. Could you please come to preach? Could you please give me advice how to run the church? Right away, I have the legal right to say something to that person. You see my point here? The same thing with the members. If you sign up as a member, you are giving me the legal right to correct you and to teach you and to train you. But if you don't come to say to me, can I become the member of the church? I will have a little bit of distance from you because I don't have the legal right to do anything. When I say legal, I don't mean that the government. I'm talking about heaven legal right to do anything for you. We need to have the boundary. We need to respect each other in the human life here. God respect human right. So he said, you need to ask me and I will do something for you. From now on, remember this, you don't have because you don't ask. We need to understand about the legal right. So in conclusion, we are God's people who have the covenant with the Almighty God. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit 
to get the will of God for the situation in our home, for the church, for the nation, for our loved ones. And once we know the will of God, we have the job to ask, and we should ask unceasingly, without stopping, without giving up. Pray for the government. Pray for the president. Don't criticize him. Pray for him. Pray for your unsafe loved ones. Pray for your children. God, give my children, give my husband some time. Don't punish him yet. I know he's stubborn right now, but I pray that you would do something to get my husband saved. I'm not going to give up to pray for him. If you are a member here whose spouse is not a believer. I want to tell you right now, this church will never condemn you. Will never judge you about that issue. What we need to do, we need to intercede for them, for your spouse, instead of judging you. It's no use to judge anybody. We rather pray. We rather stand up together in faith and pray for your unsafe spouse and unsafe children. Amen. Because that is our job: is to ask God to intervene the business on this planet Earth. Because we have, we give God the regal right to do something. We need to pray for one another. Amen. How many people are convinced that we should have persistent prayer life? How many people want to be like Moses? Pray for God's people around you. Amen. How many people say, "I will always pray and never give up"? How many people want to do that? How many people believe that God will answer? How many people want to build more faith? Pray in faith. How many people want to pray in love? Forgive people. Is there anyone in your life right now that you are mad at, that you are upset with? Why don't you forgive them right now? Amen. Build your faith. Listen to the teaching. Change. Have more faith to pray for people. You will start to see a lot of miracles happen one by one, that God will answer your prayer. Amen. Hallelujah! I promise you, members of the church, that when I see problem in your life, I will not judge you and condemn you. I will pray and pray and pray until you get out from that problem. My job is not to judge, to condemn. My job is to intercede, like Moses. Ask God for mercy to preserve you. To bless you, to help you. I believe my God will answer my and Pastor Das and the elders' prayer. Amen. We're going to pray for you, and you promise God you will pray for me as well. Tonight I will record the first German CD lesson, first one. We're going to send the sermon to German. Please pray for me. And David, that we will speak with the anointing, and we're going to produce hundreds of CD in German language, in Mandarin language, in other languages. Amen. We believe that God will use us to bless those nations: Germany, Denmark, Japan, Thailand, and other nations, and China, and Taiwan, and many, many countries will be blessed by our little church here. Amen. Hallelujah! Don't look down on the small things. Amen. If we keep doing what God called us to do, we're going to see the great blessing, and the blessing is about seeing souls saved, and many disciples make 
in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just stand up. Let's pray one more time for this nation, for the president, for our unsaved loved ones. Let's cry now to God together earnestly. Let's believe God together that God will answer our prayer. Oh, Father, you love America. You love this nation. And thank you, Lord, that you send missionaries to Thailand. And that's why I am safe and preach the gospel right now. Because of the American missionaries who went to Thailand many years ago. Lord, we thank you for this nation, for the Christians in America. That bless the whole world with the gospel, Lord. Lord, we come back and bless this nation. We are, Lord, many of us are from another land. Not born in the U.S. But Lord, we lift up the nation of America. That this nation will continue, Lord, to see revival all over the land. We pray for the President Obama. We pray, Father, for the economy in America, Lord. We pray, Lord, that the money will come into the churches. That we can send missionary out all over the world. We can fly to China. We can fly to Taiwan. We can fly to Europe, to Africa, to Uganda, Father. Oh, Lord, bless this nation. We also lift up, Father, all the unsaved loved ones, the unsaved husband, the unsaved wife, the unsaved children, the children who look warm right now, who don't have a personal relationship with you. They just come to church for only religion. They don't know you personally, Father. We pray that revival will touch their life. They will turn around, Lord. Their eyes shall be open to know you, to love you, to fall in love with Jesus, Father. Oh, Lord, we lift them up right now together. And we will never give up in praying. Father, we believe, Lord, you answer the prayer of your people, Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. NewHopeInternationalChurch.com To them all gathered in your name I live to you